I don't know about you guys, but when we get to this time of the church year, I just love the readings because the readings are all about the end of time, the end of the world, the end of our own lives, what's going to happen to judgment. But the readings also really scare me. And if you listen to the parable today, the one who was given one didn't do anything with what was entrusted to him. And if we're honest, he's sent to hell. Like, I know people don't want to hear that, and everybody's like, we're all going to heaven, and all this, like, I don't even want to think about hell existing. But when, when the master says, take this useless servant and throw him outside into the darkness where there is wailing and grinding of teeth, that doesn't sound like heaven. That sounds like a much worse place. And here's the crazy part. He didn't even do anything bad. He just didn't do anything at all with what had been entrusted to him. You know, I got thinking about talents, and the talents that are talking about in the gospel, we'll get to that in a little bit later, those are a measurement of weight, but I, it got me thinking about talents, like God-given give, gifts. I mean, I've been blessed with a number of talents, as so have you, and some have more than others. That's, you know, in the parable it says, one was given five, one was given two, one was given one, according to their ability. So what's the parable trying to get across? The talents don't matter. What matters is, is hard work. Maybe you've heard that quote. It was by a high school basketball coach. Now it's all over the internet. But he said at a game one time to his team, he said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Hard hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I've noticed this in my own life. I have a certain amount of talents, but I've worked hard to amass more talent, more skill. Like I told my high school kids this one time, one time I was, my first job was a paper boy. And I don't know if they still exist, but I had a paper route. And I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. My mom, dad, they're like, if you're going to do it, to, you know, do it. Don't start and quit. So I did it for a year, and then all of a sudden I got another paper route. And I was like, the more paper routes I get, the more money I make. And then I got a third paper route. And then I'm like... Why am I getting up so early? Why don't I get up at reasonable time? And I was old enough to be in the restaurant industry, so I was like, got a job as a busboy. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a great busboy. And I soon became good enough where they're like, hey, you're going to be a dishwasher. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) moving up, you know? I'm not busting tables anymore. Now I'm washing dirty plates. But I'm like, I'm going to do that the best I possibly can. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, they had this thing, this game they played. I don't know if they still do it, but like the bus boys would try to, they call it slam, slam the dishwasher. But basically they would try to get as much back there as they could. So you just felt totally defeated. And I'm like, that will never happen to me. And I was just busting my butt, you know, trying to get all this done. And then they, again, they saw it and they're like, hey, you are going to be a fry cook. And I'm like, yeah, moving up again. And then... You know, I became line cook, and then I became head cook, and then I got offered a manager position. Like, and as all this was happening, as I'm working hard, I'm getting more talents. You might sit back and say, what, is it, what kind of a talent does a busboy get? A busboy knows how to clean a table. There are a lot of people that don't know how to clean a table. When I was at St. Mary's High School, I had this big... <clears throat> Fundraiser supper. Here's an, there's another talent. I learned how to cook for a lot of people. That is hard to do and get the numbers right. But afterwards, we're cleaning up. All, I made all the kids clean up. And I, gave, I said, go. I gave a, you know, a bucket and dish rag. And I said, go clean the tables. I look over. And these kids are just doing this. 
And so I went over. I'm like, okay, when you're done cleaning the tables, now go get a broom because you're going to clean the floor. It's a simple motion that you learn as a busboy where you go back and forth getting all the crumbs and you put it into your hand and dump it into the trash. Here's another one. Mopping? Oh, my gosh. These are seniors in high school, and I gave this girl a mop, and she looked like I gave her something from outer space. She's like, what? It's not a broom. I'm like, yeah, it's a mop. She's like, what am I supposed to do? I was like, you dip it in the water, and then you mop the floor. And she's like, whatever. And I'm like, just do it. And I leave. I come back. It is a mess. Because she didn't know that, yes, you dip it in the water, but then you have to squeeze the water out. So she just threw water all over the floor. And, and none of this, you know, back and forth motion. It was just kind of like, you know, little skills. And as you do more and more of them, as you work harder and harder to develop those skill sets, you get more and more skills. It's really incredible. But the tendency for a lot of people is to say that they don't have a lot of talent. So what can they really do? So they just become lazy. It's not the talent that matters. It's the work you put into it. <clears throat> that is so clear in the gospel. It says, the, the master says, get this lazy, worthless servant out of my sight. Why? Because he didn't do anything with the gifts I gave him. And you're like, but Jesus, you only gave him one talent. I mean, if I had five, that would be different. I'd have more energy to make five more. Here's the problem with that argument. See, a talent is a measurement. And usually talents were in silver or gold. One talent of gold is worth $2.1 million. So it's not like the master gave him nothing. He gave him $2.1 million. And the guy said, eh, I just can't get anything done. And he didn't even invest it. I think the greatest litmus test, you guys, to success is failure. How well can you fail and still keep moving forward? Because that's what the guy in the gospel, he says, I was afraid. Afraid of what? Of letting you down. Afraid of failing. So I didn't do anything. So many people are paralyzed by fear. Fear of failure. And so they never, they never do anything. I think I told you this before. Thomas Edison, it took him a thousand experiments before he invented the light bulb. A thousand I mean, I'd have hit 500 and be like, man, maybe electricity just isn't my thing. But he kept going. I once heard this quote recently. It was a friend of mine. He said, he said, my firm conclusion is that the mountains we summit in our lives are only as tall as the depths of the valleys we have endured. Or as Rocky Balboa put it, it ain't how hard you get hit. It's about hard to get hit and can still get up and move forward. How was that? That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> You're going to get hit in this life. Sometimes you get hit hard. And sometimes it knocks you down. As dumb as that is, that quote, but it's true. It's not how hard you can get hit. It's how hard you can get hit and get knocked down and can you get back up. Or you're just going to lay on the, down as, on the ground as a failure. Can you get up and move forward in faith? Can you do the hard work? That's the hard work. To not give up. They asked St. Thomas Aquinas one time, the great medieval theologian, they said, how do you become a saint? You know what his answer was? You will it. 
You choose it. You choose the hard work. You don't live in fear. But most of us, and I say most because I get into this, these ruts too. We live in laziness and fear, and so we never, we never do anything great. And we know we're called to something more. You know how many people tell me, like, I know I'm supposed to do more, but I'm just, I just can't. That's just laziness. Talent is not the answer. It's the work you put in and the failure you endure and keep moving forward. You never give up and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing to become the best version of yourself. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a huge soccer fan. And I was a huge soccer player. Yeah, I played a lot of soccer. And, you know, I love it. It's, it's the world sport. So football fans and whatever deal with it. You know, football is the greatest thing in the world. No, it's not. It's like the greatest thing in America and nobody else cares. Soccer's the greatest thing in the world. But anyway, I've had my fair share of defeats in soccer, even though I love to play the game. I lost two state championships, as many of you know, back-to-back losses. We're never going to talk about that again. <laughs> but one time I played in the AAU. It's called the Amateur Athletic Union. It's a major event for a lot of different sports. This is a soccer one. You get to play some really tough teams. And we were a tough team that year, and that's how we got there. Our first team we played against was Sweden. We lost 13 nothing. 13 nothing, And Sweden's a good team. But if I were to ask you, and this might not work because nobody really likes soccer in America, but if I were to ask you, when it comes to soccer team, like the country that is the most feared for the greatest soccer players in the world, because they come from this country, where is it? Brazil, hands down. I was trying to wear this to help you out today. You know, kind of their colors. Anyway, Brazil, hands down, has produced the best soccer players ever. They have, you guys, I don't know if you know, they have the most World Cups, and they have a 69% win average when they play in the World Cup. That means they almost win three quarters of the time every game they play. And everybody, you know, in other masses, they were like, oh, Spain's the greatest one. And I'm like, no, they're not, because the great players from Spain are Brazilian. The great players from France are Brazilian for the most part. Now, Spain, France, they're all great teams. Don't get me wrong. Italy, I love them all. But Brazil is hands down the the best. And here's why. Have any of you heard of a game called futsal? You don't? Have you really? Oh, yeah, you were here last night. That doesn't count. (laughs) He was serving last night. Well, I'm proud of you. You came to Mass again. So futsal is this, it's this game that you, there's one in the back? Yeah? Awesome. Okay, good. I usually have one at every match. That was awesome. So futsal is this game. It's like soccer, but it's on a basketball court. The ball is smaller and heavier. Five guys, small goals, and it is the fastest paced game. And it is so tiring and so frustrating because the ball moves and there's nothing to stop it except you. Brazilian players have to play futsal for a certain amount of years before they can ever play on the soccer field. Why? Because futsal is a little, everything's smaller. And so you got to be what? Way more technical. And if you play that for years, by the time you get on the big field, guess what? You're the best. You're the best. They put in the work. And they don't like it. Most Brazilian players don't like the game. But they love soccer. And they're willing to do the work to be great at soccer. Are you willing to do the work to be great in your faith and in this life? Now here's the thing. You and I 
We want greatness. I know we do. And we have to do the work. But in order to do the work, we've got to get a little crazy. We can't be lazy and we can't be filled with fear because fear just paralyzes us. So I want to use this kind of dumb analogy. Maybe I don't even know if it's going to work. But I was just on vacation this last week. And a place we got to go was this lagoon. It's right off the ocean. <clears throat> and this lagoon has this thing. It's a, it's a high level concentration of what's called bioluminescent algae. So I'd never really heard of this. And we get out there and it's like 20 bucks. It was awesome. So we're like, 20 bucks, we get out there. And we get out in the middle of this lagoon and there's nothing. And I'm like, these guys totally ripped me off. And I'm like, where, where is all this bioluminescent lighting up of the water? And he's like, well, just put your hand in the water. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So I swashed. I'm like, swash? Is that a word? Swished? <laughs> I swished my hand through the water. I'm not kidding you guys. As it went through the water, it was like this lightning streak of light behind it. It was so cool. So then I'm like a little kid, you know, paddling in the water. And then the guy's like, hey, if you want, you can go swimming. And I'm like, with the algae? And he's like, yeah, jump in. You can do it. You're all wearing life jackets. And there's a lady on the boat, and she says, oh, by the way, before you jump in, in 2021, there was a saltwater crocodile attack in this lagoon that almost killed a woman. And I looked at the guy, I'm like, is that true? And he's like, yeah, but it was way down there. I'm like, what do you mean way down there? He's like, well, well down there. The, the guy that was leading the thing shouldn't even have been down there. I'm like, why? What's down there? And he's like, well, there's a crocodile breeding ground. And I'm like, dude, it's night. We're in darkness. And you want me to get in the water with maybe there might be a croc? He's like, we haven't had an attack in years. And so I'm sitting there in fear. But I want to go in. And so I went in. And it was unbelievable. Like, people were jumping in left and right. As they come up out of the water, it was like liquid light would just drain off their face. I mean, I looked like I was on drugs or something because I was just like, I could have washed my hands forever. It was so beautiful. But I never would have had that experience if the fear would have held me back. Don't let fear paralyze you. Don't let failure paralyze you. Do the hard work, you're gonna fail. We have all these gifts and these talents. What are we gonna do for the world? Look, hell is full of talented people. Heaven is full of talented people that did something with their talents for the good of the kingdom of God. No, it's true. It's true. I want to leave you with this thought. Talent is God's gift to you. What you do with your talents is your gift to God.